Good morning, everyone. We welcome you today to our, our Sunday morning roundtable discussion on this beautiful snowy day in Plainfield. Um, our subject today is God, and we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And thank you all for being here today. We appreciate it. Oh, all right, Florence, our prayer. I'm reading from Science and Health, pages 587 and 228 and 279 of Miscellany. God, the great I am, the all-knowing, all-seeing, all-acting, all-wise, all-loving, and eternal. Principle, mind, soul, spirit, life, truth, love, all substance, intelligence. There is no power apart from God. Omnipotence has all power, and to acknowledge any other power is to dishonor God. The humble Nazarene overthrew the supposition that sin, sickness, and death have power. He proved them powerless. God is Father, infinite, and this great truth, when understood in its divine metaphysics, will establish the brotherhood of man and wars and demonstrate on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful. Yes, thank you. I thought today, you know, the unknown God whom ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. You're going to know who and what God is. All right. Go ahead, please, Karen. Okay, watch number 132. Watch lest you conceive of the power of God as acting in your behalf to care for you and protect you only when you are consciously thinking right. Your demonstration is to establish the fact that your light is shining away the darkness of fear, whether your conscious thought seems scientific or, for the moment, depressed. You must know that demonstration still goes on, and that the phase of mortal mind that is trying to call itself you has no power to interfere with the eternal operation and tender care of infinite love. You must outgrow the conception of God, which says that if you have a clear and scientific ability to argue the truth, his power is at hand, whereas his power is withdrawn when your scientific arguments cease. God never withdraws himself. Mortals merely lose sight of him. It is the preponderance of good or evil in man's thinking that determines what his manifestation will be. His consciousness of his relation to God must be renewed daily. We should work, watch, and pray, study, and argue truth not because we fancy that otherwise God will withdraw himself and that we will cease to receive his care and protection, but because we see the importance of keeping the normal level of thought at that high point where there will be no loss of the inflow of that which we need for wisdom in life. Thank you. Any comments? Well, I love this lot, this sentence. You must know that demonstration still goes on and that the phase of mortal mind that is trying to call itself you has no power to interfere with the eternal operation and tender care of infinite love. That, that's been very helpful this week to know that the sun is shining <laughs> no matter what seems to yeah. be going on down here. The sun is still shining and doing what it needs to do. And, it, and so that... That's been very helpful this week. Thank you. Florence? Yeah, that, that's wonderful. It's sort of like stay in the Father's house, like you always say, and then you'll be all set. I mean, you have to argue when you have to argue sometimes, but just 
like Mrs. Eddie says, as an auxiliary to um, get yourself square. But as long as you're staying in that father's house, isn't that kind of what this is saying? Yes, most definitely. And that staying in the father's house sometimes doesn't just happen. Notice those words. Work, watch, pray, study. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. And it's and that's what... Go ahead, Florence. Now, I like the... It is the preponderance of good or evil in man's thinking that determines what his manifestation will be. His consciousness of his relation to God must be renewed daily. Thank you. Yes. That's why she gave us whole thoughts steadfastly to be enduring the good and truth. Yes. Thank you. And renewed daily. Renewed daily so your, your glass doesn't get covered with dust, as we say. Chardell. I like this, too. Not per, all, only personally. But I know people out there, God is with them, whether they know it or not. And that's very, very important to me. Thank you. Absolutely right. Well, I, I think that's that's an important point here, too. I mean, if we let our uh, glass get dusty, that doesn't mean that God isn't caring for us. God always cares for us. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just sort of go off and do whatever you want, because if you don't do what is in <laughs> what is in accordance with God's commandments, well, you know, you're, you're not going to you're not going to be happy about it. But it's your own doing, whether you see God clearly or not see God clearly. But God's always there. Present, right? Yeah. Just like was said, the sun is shining. And I live in the mountains where it's just a wonderful analogy to see, you know, when the clouds are out. And those big mountains, they're right there, no matter what. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, when I would visit Gary in the Northwest, his, uh, his bay window of his home where he grew up, actually. But on cloudy days, you know, you couldn't see anything. But on a clear day, you could see Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. And it was glorious. Snow-covered, blue sky. Even um, in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even in the mm-hmm. summer. Covered. It's glorious. And all of these, what does Mrs. Eddie say? All of nature teaches us lessons, beautiful lessons of God's care for us. So, so yes, thank you, Karen. I, I, I love this watching point. Yes, and but remember to renew daily. Now, I found it interesting this week because I'm always listening during the week for what God wants the roundtable today, and there were two independent sources that came to me about a, a interesting topic. Now, one occasionally I will listen to. He's a, I guess you'd call him a preacher. His name is Dutch Sheets. He's an evangelist. And um, I, I do this because I'm, I'm interested in what the Christians are doing and thinking and talking about. Because in some ways, it, it does affect us. So in this, he gives these little daily sermons. Um, in this one, he's talking about repentance. But at the end of the end of his little talk. He gets very excited and says, everybody, you've got to listen to this. This is very important. You've got to make sure you're, you're paying heed to this. And, and what he is saying is what we've learned in Christian science. He's talking about the Adam man and how, you know, something happened. We say that the mist came up and Instead of being what he called a spirit spirit man, and he took, calls it a soul man, but we, we call it a sense man. So the spirit man suddenly gets involved with this, the senses. And the spirit man can, because of this, the mist coming up, he doesn't understand the things of God anymore. 
This is what we're taught in science, the sense man, the sen- all the material senses. It, it fogs us up. We can't see correctly. And then all these years of teaching it. But what he's saying is <laughs> that's not the truth. And if you can break through that barrier, get back to your, you know, your spirit man who understands God, well, tremendous things happen. And he goes on to explain this is true repentance. And, of course, we do, too. This is putting off the old man with all its beliefs and putting on the new man, rising up above the mist. And then he goes on to say when this happens uh, and people are praying in unity about it, the Holy Spirit comes and then there's a revival. And all these people suddenly begin to understand God before they didn't understand. Now they do. And and he was very excited about it, like it was a new revelation to him. But I was excited about it because Mrs. Eddy has said that Christian science would come through the other churches, right? We give them enough time to think about all this. They're going to come to these rightful conclusions. And this is for our own self as well. When we get, as I just said and Gary said about our windows getting all dusty where we feel we can't feel or see God, um, we've got to polish up. This is what the watching point says. This is the veil that has to be cast aside, the mist, until you see what truly is going on. The more we do this, the more we pray about it, the more others will, will get it. And it will be a, a worldwide happening. Why not? Because that Isn't this what we're taught? This is ultimately all of the problems we have are mesmerism. It's a mesmeric belief. And this is uh, about an unknown God that we ignorantly worship. But science has given us the true God, the true God where nothing is impossible to him. But even in the movement, hasn't the veil come up, the mist? So think of what we have here. And and this this Dutch sheets he reaches hundreds and thousands of people, and I mean we are getting where we do it as well. But I'm just grateful to see it come from another direction. And then with that, then um, Elizabeth from New Hampshire <laughs> sent me something just along the same lines. Um, it's Rosalie Moss, which you're familiar with. Spiritual consultations wrote a wonderful book called The Bible for Every Man. And in that, in, in the mit, a mist waters the ground. There went up a mist from the earth. Earth, The mist symbolizes the incessant uprising of misconceptions of a fundamental truth. The mist thus create, creates a condition for you and implanted in your mind and, and tries to have monstrous tyranny. The mist. Mm-hmm. But it is only the mist. And as we talked about a few minutes ago, the sun is always shining and it breaks through the mist. We can have the understanding that can heal anything. It's our divine right. It's how we were created. Some of the things that um, Carrie sent me this week, it, it, it deals with that as well. That I've been telling people even before this, you know, they have a very superficial understanding of God. For instance, we are also we are also His offspring. Cowabunga! <laughs> like wow, or as Hizzy says, wowzers. <laughs> that's a that's wonderful to think of that. But, you know, we read it, ho-hum, we're also his offspring. Oh, that's nice. You know, I've been reading it for years. Yes, we're the image and likeness of God. Hmm, that's a nice thing. No, you're not breaking through this veil. Kawabanga, think about it. You're the offspring, the image and likeness of God. What does that truly mean to you? Dig deep. Is this watching point? Work, watch, pray, study, argue. Get where you're feeling it. Otherwise, you're you're just lukewarm. Lukewarm, yep. Lukewarm, yeah. And lukewarm doesn't work. You'll be spewed out. Yeah, you'll be spewed out. But, you know, you're the image and likeness of God. You're not God, but you are the manifestation of God. 
all the time, 100% of the time. God is never distant. He is never far off. You don't have to look for him. You don't have to plead to him. He knows what you're thinking 24-7. So think about that. I like how the Bible also tells us that God worketh with us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So, yeah, we have to keep our window panes clean, but the watch also lets us know that, you know, God's also out there burning out that mist. So it's not just us trying to do everything ourselves. It's and we have we have to seek God, but God's burning it too. He's working with us. Yeah, and God doesn't know anything about the mist. No, so, I, I so, love. So think about that. He's the sun shining. He is the sun shining. And there's there's no mist where God is. The lesson, God is with thee in all that thou doest. There it is. Hello. One simple sentence. Just take one sentence. Let it break through the mist, the veil. It will. It's powerful if you apply it and think about it and don't just read a ho-hum. You read ho-hum, you might as well not bother. It's got to be more than words. Yes. And that's what... That's what breaking through the mist or the veil is all about. So it's more than words. Many people will tell me that. Well, I know, and they do. They, boy, they can quote it. But it's all quote. Right, Florence? <clears throat> yeah. and, and, and if our experience was governed by our own thinking instead of by God, what does Mrs. Eddy say about that? Man would be annihilated. Yes. But we are not. We are here by the grace of God. And, you know, (laughs) despite everything, all the things you hear on the news and stuff, we get up in the morning, the sun is shining, cars are driving by, everybody's going to work. It's incredible how well we're doing, all things considered. (laughs) (laughs) And and why? Because God is all-powerful. And God is love. And he cares for his creation. And the birds are singing. It's beautiful. It really sometimes shakes you up to be renewed, I think. The birds, yes. 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 It's one of the things I love in The Chosen. You always hear these sweet birds singing songs of joy and hope and gladness. And even in stormy weather and everything else, Mm -hmm. little hearts. Elizabeth, I did you Mrs. I'm sorry. Did you want to say anything? He says about the sunlight glinting into the prison cell. Now you can't stop it. It's just. It is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so beautiful everywhere. Did you want to say anything more about the book, the Bible for Every Man? Well, gosh, I mean, it's a long book, but just that excerpt um, that I sent you just gives you wonderful insight into, and I thought it's a wonderful protection every morning to keep you on top of your game and just keep you realizing what is really going on here. And it's, it's, um, it's pretty, even though we all seemingly know it already, it's pretty eye-opening. Yeah, and that it's true, you know. Um, well, Tom from New York was saying he, he never really read Martha Wilcox before, and that was like a cowabunga moment for him. Um, sometimes when you have someone new or it said in a different way, it, it stirs something within you that maybe you didn't see or notice before. This is why, again, back to the watching point, renew ourselves daily, fresh every day. It's not fresh. You're getting stale and you need to wake yourself up. Yes, and not only that, but as you move along in science, I had read this book years ago and it didn't really stick out to me the way it it is now because it's just so, it's so powerful and it's just so, it could make you just laugh in the face of, 
um, error and how it tries to come at us all day long when we're not watching. And that is what has been said about science and health. That's why you must keep reading it over and over, because as you grow, you'll find more and more things in there that you hadn't noticed before, because you're, you're growing to a point where you see it and understand it better than you did even the day before. And that's how God gives us each day what we're ready for. I did. Gave us this, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And this lesson is so wonderful. I mean, it has everything, everybody's favorite statements, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord's Prayer. Um, so beautiful about our God and how how he cares for us and how we are his offspring in an article that Carrie sent called the world is accustomed to employ words without weighing accurately their meaning. Okay. And he speaks about for, we are also his offspring. It's an E.M. Ramsey rightly applied. This teaching acts as the most powerful of wedges driven in between man and evil of all sorts daily separating him from sin, fear, ignorance, devil worship, and from ill health, sorrow, and poverty, which are the outcome of erroneous, inaccurate thought. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And this is a statement for we are also his offspring. How powerful that is. We, we have an article, too, The Devil's Auction, and the wedge was the tool. Discouragement. Discouragement was could the tool. I, could I add something? Sure, of course. Um, I've rediscovered not only uh, reading the science and health more again and passages, but also God's law of adjustment and possession. And uh, I found them again by clearing something in my room. And what uh, is really important is to know that God is always with us. And when we apply this adjustment, we see that everybody is included. This inclusivity is what Christian science brings people together with. And uh, we have, must think about this because when I think last year, I was in Biblos about this time in Lebanon and those beautiful birds and this beautiful blue sky. And now people are saying this is so different. So I've been working in my thought to know that nothing is being displaced that comes from God. Thank you. And absolutely, this idea of every, every single one, everywhere, no one excluded. And this, this in itself would heal so much. But again, this is the veil. This is the mist that makes us think we're all separated and we're all different and we can't get along with each other. God never said that. It's a mist and a veil. And if we can evaporate that. With the truth. With the truth. But, but again, we can't be lukewarm, as Gary said, or someone said, you've got to be excited. And this is the greatest thing in the world. And every morning, feel that in your heart. Well, it's, it's, it's the desire to know the truth being greater than any other desire. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if, if you want to know what's true more than anything else, God, it, it'll open up to you. God will bring to you what you need to learn the truth. God will give you opportunities to prove in your life what is true. We have a textbook and we will all have tests. <laughs> we pass the test, we'll grow. No, no, I was just going to say that in that textbook, Many times, Mrs. Eddie tells us, you know, asking, really, are you leaving all for Christ? Are we leaving everything for Christ? It's not like leaving your family or anything like that, but like Gary was saying, are you desiring Christ more than anything? 
Thank you. That's very, yeah. very important. And this is where we definitely separate ourselves from new age and everything else. Are you are you really willing to give it all for Christ, the pearl of great price? Are you willing? And that's there's the rub, my friends. Um, you have to desire this more than anything else. First, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Hungering, hungering and thirsting after him for it's the beatitude says it's got to be all oh, the deep desire within you burning within you. And I think, you know, too many people think erroneously that by desiring the truth or desiring the Christ more than anything, you're going to give up something good. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you don't. That's the whole point. You don't ever give up anything good when you desire truth above all else. And isn't it just a giving up of the material conception, misconceptions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all, all the misconceptions, the veil, the belief, it's the veil, the mist. And remember, you know, the devil comes to you with a smile comes to you with stuff that he thinks you're going to really love. <laughs> I mean, he's why, why bother, right? Devil's a salesman. He's got a good one. Right. <laughs> yep. But, but his goods are no good. And find out. Yes. You know, in the lesson, it talks about God being a, supporting influence and a protecting power and i've always loved i mean i've always thought about the protecting power yes but that supporting influence very important he's influencing you and everyone you love and influence all divine as the hymn says supporting influence to do and say and be the right thing if if we have an attune an ear attuned to the overture of angels as mrs eddy says and i love that and if any of you feel alone because i've i've thought about it when i felt alone there's god a supporting influence protecting power it's very beautiful yeah i've given this before too but this article by a Charles Allen on the 23rd Psalm, he speaks about someone who was a, came to him very nervous, tense, worried, sick man. And finally, his physician, who couldn't help him, told him he should talk to his minister. And his minister told him, who I think was Charles Allen, but I said, I took a piece of paper and wrote out my prescription for him. I prescribed the 23rd Psalm five times a day for seven days. <laughs> when you wake in the morning, but read it carefully, meditatively, prayerfully. This is, again, not superficially. Get into it. What does it mean? Then you read it first thing in the morning, then right after breakfast, right after lunch, after dinner, and the last thing before you go to bed. And guess what? After seven days, he was healed of all his nervousness and indigestion and everything. But he worked it. He lived it. He worked it. And a lot of these statements, this is what I do in the morning. when I'm Before I get out of bed, I'm thinking about 23rd Psalm, 91st Psalm, mm-hmm. scientific statement of being. Drink, drink it in. What does it mean to you? How are you going to use it this day? And of course, the Lord's Prayer, which is also in the lesson. And then at the end of this article, and it's one of the things I love the most, but um, it, it's about a, someone who is gets up and, and talks about the 23rd Psalm. And when he finishes, um, everyone claps and that kind of thing. And then an older gentleman comes up and just says one thing, the Lord is my shepherd. And there was absolute silence. 
And then the first man got back up and he said, friends, I wish to make an explanation. You asked me to come back and repeat the psalm with all that clapping and everything that they loved him so much. But you remained silent when my friend here was seated. The difference, I shall tell you. I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just gives me chills. when I. So ask yourself, do you know the psalm or do you know the shepherd? Have you proved him in your life? Have you worked with it? These psalms, like David did. David David knew the shepherd. That's why he could write the psalms. That's why he could defeat Goliath. You hear his voice always. Yes. Yeah, and we're going to have a good Bible study at the end of the month on Goliath. Thomas worked something wonderful out. The questions are up. Yep, everything's posted. Yes. There's lots of good reading, so yes. you have some good stuff to use on the website. Also, this week's lesson, one of the main things, absolute absolute thing you go back to if you're ever without your compass go back to thou shalt have no other gods before me because when you believe there are other powers when you are in this mist and thinking there are these other powers and there's sickness and contagion and you are you are believing there is a power other than god you are disobeying the first commandment and you will fumble around till you stop it so Get yourself back in line in the Father's house. You love God. You worship God. You're not going to listen. I will hear no other voices. I will heed no other call. Shut it out. Shut it down. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was a beautiful, I believe it was Imogen. She sent me a package of articles on contagion. and um, and And I think she was given them by her practitioner in Australia, Graham, his name was. But anyway, some of them, unfortunately, we cannot publish because of the copyright. And there's one that I particularly like, which I guess we can pass around. I have passed around. Um, Truth Handles Malignant Contagion by Ralph E. Wagers. It's very important. Everyone's working with these thoughts right now. Um, but one thing he talks about the first commandment as Christian scientists, we stand on the first commandment. That is, we acknowledge the presence of, but one God, one cause, one source, one substance, one power, one influence, one law. Thou shalt have no other gods before me demands that we acknowledge spirit soul to be the source of our health. The one and only cause of our well-being. And then, since spirit is the only substance, no infectious substance exists. And so none can enter the spiritual atmosphere in which man lives and moves and breathes. You're in the Father's house. Suggestions of evil, even when outlined in microscopic organisms, do not impress us when we know that they are without authority. Those little bugs, they have no authority. <laughs> They're just little bugs. The power of truth in our thinking forbids their entrance and so protects our thoughts, our bodies, our experiences. No prediction of evil can fret or confuse the thought that maintains its unity with divine mind. Your oneness with the Father. I and my Father are one. The Father hath not left me alone. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. I added that, but no suggestion of evil can spoil one's disposition, undermine his health, or seal his doom. The hell you say, okay? Get there, feel it. Don't be impressed with error. All right, Shardy, you tell us what you wrote about. Oh, let's see. I have it right here. Well, it's, it's from... Uh, Luke 11, 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And then I think, am I doing this? Am I asking the right way? Am I knocking the right way? And seeking. 
And then uh, I was I thought about that and I pray about it. Then I found some things on Bible reference that I thought were interesting. And it said, it's, I paraphrased it. It is given and open when you follow Christ Jesus. Yes. We don't automatically get something just because we want it. And then I like this. Uh, God will provide when you knock. And this is a quote. And allow us to find what we need. So we're given the tools when we do the work. And then you'll find, you know, we find God's right there. And then it seems to me uh, we have an active part, of course, when seeking with our whole heart. And you do it every day, just like it said, watching, working, praying. Always ready to work for God. Thank you. Yes. And um, Carol, I'd like you to read the Golden text in the responsive reading, please. Psalms. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. God hath spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Thank you. All right. Um, Karen and Nancy both wrote beautiful things about this. So, Karen, go ahead with your definitions. Okay. Um, yes, I took the words um, refuge, strength, rock, defense salvation, glory, and mercy, and looked up everyone in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. And this is what it's like. Anyway, so refuge, that which shelters or protects from danger, distress, or calamity, a stronghold which protects by its strength, or a sanctuary which secures by its sacredness, any place inaccessible, to an enemy. Strength, firmness, power or vigor of any kind, power of resisting attacks, fastness, that which supports, supplies strength, security, spirit, animation, confidence. Rock. In scripture, figuratively, defense, means of safety, protection, Strength, asylum, a firm or immovable foundation. Salvation, the redeemer of man from the bondage of sin and death and conferring on him everlasting happiness. Defense, anything that opposes attack, violence, danger, or injury. Fortification, guard, protection. Glory, splendor, magnificence, and finally, mercy, grace, implying benevolence, tenderness, pity, or compassion. Mercy is a distinguishing attribute of the supreme being. Thank you. Very descriptive of what God is and does. <laughs> yes. Think doesn't, about, think on these things. Doesn't, doesn't leave yeah. much out, does it? <laughs> well, he <laughs> will. <laughs> but does he not do, exactly. But the question is, do you believe it? Is it more than just words to you? And if it's just words, then you haven't broken through the mist, the veil. You're still in the Adam dream. But you can. God has made you capable of this. Casting off that veil, we will bring all good to, to yourself and to everyone. You'll be a light glowing with this truth. 
Okay, Nancy. Good. Did you want to say something? I just want to say, yeah, if it's not more than words to you, that's why it seems like when you stop actively thinking right, that's why the darkness comes up. Yes. Thank you. Good point. And one one thing I want to say, um, Mississippi tells us that no error can bind us, or he says, no error can bind you beyond your belief in it. So that's a, yeah. Yes. What does she talk about? The the resistance to it. You know, how long is it going to take before we are free? Our resistance to it or how deeply entrenched it is. Um, And last week, the lesson all about freedom. So each week we're we're breaking those binds, those fetters that hold us in this belief of materiality. There is one thing I should quickly say before I, because I, I, I told someone I would do this. Last week I read that beautiful letter attributed to Albert Einstein. Well, I've got a few people, I guess Florence did too. I had two. Florence had one that I know of saying, oh, well, it wasn't authentic or something. So they couldn't find it in the archives in, in Germany, the Albert Einstein archives. Well, to that I say, they could not, I bet, I bet my bottom dollar that they could not find that yes Einstein going into Princeton and telling them about science and health I bet that's not in the archives either so I will leave it up to all of you as to whether to me the letter rang true even if the they claim that daughter had been passed on even if, even if she had passed on he's still writing this letter so write a letter yes, giving pouring his soul out yes they're it trying to right. me it sounded like somebody who has read Science and Health to me. Oh, and, and we know that he and did. And we know that he did. Yes. And someone told me, it's this, and I will call it an attempt to keep him very secular, because they don't want anyone to think that he was religious other than being a, a, of the Jewish faith. But we, what we know, we know, okay? And, and people tell us this, oh, well, Mrs. Eddie didn't write it, this didn't write it. That is the human mind, and that fetters people. It keeps them in the mist, in the veil. You go by your spiritual sense. And with that, you all are free to, to choose what's true and isn't true. Fact-proof all you want. Fact-proof all you want. Sometimes it can be helpful. Sometimes it's a lot of naysaying. And Especially, how do you fact-proof a private letter? Well, that's a good question. Right? But we listen to it, and we're moved by it. Yes, and, and that's what matters. And that is what matters. That is. Well, what I matters. certainly hope so because I, it really opened up my mind. I thought, how wonderful someone who's seen as so scientific that they have a you know this wonderful heart, because oftentimes you think of you know E, e equals M C squared, just this cold formula, and he was apparently much much more than that. And why not? Why well, not? And he had to be in order to discover what he discovered. Because what he discovered for the for the family, if you will, of physics was discovered through inspiration. It wasn't discovered in the laboratory. It wasn't discovered by observing matter. And it's called a color color. And he, he's Basically, everybody believes the ego MC squared. What, what she, what was <clears throat> Mary spoke of was what's considered a colliery, which is analog, analogous to his basic discovery. And through experimentation, people would then prove it out. But it's the starting point. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to waste a lot of time on this, but I felt I had to mention it in case you have passed it on to others who might, you know. Who might question it? Who might question it? So this is what I'm saying about it. What I feel about it, and as, as Jeremy said, we know by the effect on it, and we do know he read Science and Health, and that could have changed his whole world dramatically. We know it would have. Okay, Nancy. Okay. Uh, this is a commentary by Spurgeon, who I really enjoy. God is our refuge and strength, not our army or our fortresses. Israel's boast is in Jehovah the only living and true God. 
Others vaunt their impregnable castles placed on inaccessible rocks and secured with gates of iron. But God is a far better refuge from distress than all of these. And when the time comes to carry the war into the enemy's territory, the Lord stands his people in better stead than all the valor and legions or the boasted strength of chariot and horse. Soldiers of the cross, remember this and count yourself safe and make yourself strong in God. Forget not the personal possession word, possessive word are. Make sure each one of your position in God that you may say he is my refuge and strength. Neither forget the fact that God is our refuge now in the immediate present as truly as when David penned the word. God alone is our all in all. All other refuge are refuge of lie, of lies. All other strength is weakness, for power belongeth unto God. But as God is all sufficient, our defense and might are equal to all emergencies. A very present help in trouble or in distress he has so been found. He has been tried and proved by his people. He never withdraws himself from his afflicted. He is their help truly, effectually, constantly. He is present or near them, close at their side, and ready for their succor. And this is emphasized by the word very. He is more present than friend or relative can be, more nearly present than even the trouble itself. To all this comfortable truth is added the consideration that his assistance comes at the needed time. He is not as the swallows that leave us in the winter. He is a friend in need and a friend indeed. And when it is very dark with us, let brave spirits say, come, let us sing the 46th Psalm. A fortress firm and steadfast rock is God in time of danger, a shield and sword in every shock from foe well-known or stranger. And he adds, where he is, all power is, and all love. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> That's lovely. So all of this about God being our refuge and strength um, and a present help and present help. Yes. And, you know, we were taught here and it is very true. Why? Why? Why is all this true? Because he is all. We must never forget that whatever we seem to be afraid of, there is the presence and power of God. And we can prove that. There is actually nothing to be protected from. It's a very important point to know. There's nothing to be protected from, but you must know it. You can't just say it. You've got to realize why, because God is all. So what this fearsome thing is you're afraid of, there is God. And that is why he's, he's love. He's our refuge and our strength and our with us always. And we must be knowing this all the time. Again, breaking through the veil. There's only one thing to fear. And that is to fear, fear that you disobey God. <laughs> and, you know, the idea that we are the offspring of God and the lesson. We're the offspring of spirit, the beautiful, good and pure constitute your ancestry. I don't ever want to hear Christian scientists saying, well, I'm getting whatever my mommy had because my mommy had it. So I'm going to get it, please. <laughs> OK, you've just dumped everything out the window, for goodness sakes. <laughs> never ever say that don't think it don't say it it's not true your inheritance is from God and that beautiful um, article by Una Willard your background does the argument come to you that you didn't come from a good family or have the same opportunities as someone else stand on the fact that you came forth from God that your background is God himself That's what it means to be his offspring. I tell myself every day I'm the daughter of the king. 
you say that to yourself. You're the daughter or the son of the king. And all this good, all this list of protection and all these things that God does are yours by inheritance. If you know it and you don't get sloppy in your thinking. Stay in the father's house. Okay, we're going to end with um, this is a beautiful article that was sent to us by Carrie, Our Refuge, by an Anna Robinson, 1906. Anna Robinson, she writes, Since my study of science and health with Key to the Scriptures by Mrs. Eddy, the truth of the Scriptures has been illumined to me. In Psalm 46, 1, I find this beautiful promise. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. These words have been very helpful to me, for I begin to see that as God is good, good is our refuge, and that each of us may say, my refuge, because this refuge is for the rich and the poor, for those who are well and for the afflicted alike, for all nations, at all times, in all places under every circumstance. This refuge is necessarily unlimited, unchangeable, ever-present, and a strong refuge. According to Webster, refuge means a place of protection or shelter from an enemy. We know we have protection in God, good, from all enemies, evil thought or beliefs, sin, sickness, and death. We learn that this protection is for all. It is as impartial as sunshine on a bright day. Each one may claim the sunshine and have full access to it without depriving his neighbor of any of it. In truth's refuge, there is no night, no sorrow, but infinite light, joy, health, wealth, intelligence, Peace, the presence of life, truth, and love. Through Christian science, it has dawned upon me that we can now find refuge in God, good, that now we are protected under the shadow of the Almighty, free from sickness, sorrow, hate, poverty, malice, and death. This truth is gloriously expressed in Revelation 21, quote, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. End quote. Our God is glorious and our God is real. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.